Benvenuti a Kimberly's Italy. Welcome everyone to Kimberly's Italy, a podcast about our love of all things Italiano. My name is Kimberly Holcomb, and every week I introduce, you know who over there, but I'll just say it again, Il Famoso. Tommaso. But this week, it's a different Tommaso. Who? What are you? Il Maestro Ravioli. Il Maestro di Ravioli. Il Maestro di Ravioli. I can't roll my... No, you cannot. No, I cannot. (laughs) We'll get you there sooner as opposed to later. Hit it, girlfriend. All right. Welcome to episode 92, number 92. And we are celebrating two years of this podcast. Two years. Right. God, how time flies when you're having fun. Oh, that's cute. I was just going to say exactly that, almost. It seems odd how fast fast two years can fly by, but it has. And funny enough, oddly enough, I should say, a couple months ago, we changed our launch date each week from Tuesdays to Wednesdays. And just by chance, when you're listening to this, if you do tomorrow on the launch day, it will be April 12th, 2023. And we launched our first episode on April 12th, 2021. That's cute, right? Very cute. Right. (laughs) Precision. (laughs) So, luck. luck. What I would personally like to share about this two year anniversary is the gratification we get from all the comments, reviews, emails, and even Instagram messages that we receive from people all over. They have thanked us for all that we chat about during each episode, which has helped them to plan their own trips. And we, especially enjoy the comments from people that say, we're so thrilled to have found a fellow history lover, architecture lover. And that makes us happy because the both of us thoroughly enjoyed all our years of art history classes throughout our education. And then you see it in real life. It's just part of the thrill and the joy we get out of traveling. And a lot of our listeners say the same. And we both have a great doorstop, Jansen's History of Art. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to be of a certain age that to have that. <laughs> I know. We had 35 millimeter slides then. Yes. And you sat there in a massive auditorium with 300 people. Right. Half were asleep because usually the class was on dark. Mon- it was dark, but it was on Monday morning at eight o'clock. That was your class. Yeah. Mine were at night. Anyway, so thanks to everyone that has given us all kinds of reviews and comments over these last two years. And the other thing that really, truly sways us is that our podcast has reached people in 127 countries around the globe. And we were looking at our analytics this morning, and it's so cool to see people from Tanzania, Iceland, Ukraine, Jordan, Mauritius, Vietnam, all over And they're all listening to us chat away about the one thing we all have in common, a deep love of Italy. And I was thinking, no wonder Italians are so proud. I mean, how many other countries can claim that basically the entire world loves their country? Yeah, I won't go there. That could be a long conversation. But I would like to throw out one thing. 
The United States is our biggest market. 70% of our listeners are in the U.S. And our second biggest one, I like to throw out to the folks down under. Australia. Uh, yes. Australia might. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> we've got some. We've got. I checked this morning. We have Australian friends. Don't imitate their their accent. No, no, no. But I look at some of the some of the cities they listen from because that's the lowest level we can get. You know, we know if you're in Sydney or we know the the one when this morning was in like the Northern Territories, like Wollamarua, Babanga. Close to the Kimberley, maybe. There's I don't know. Kimberley but, you know Mountain some of the names, there. they're actually funny. But thank yes. you very much for everyone from Australia that listens to us. Well, we really appreciate it. We remember, have a lot of friends down there. Yes, we do. And remember, I have always said Australians and Kiwis, New Zealanders are seasoned travelers. I always, always go by their reviews online over anyone else if I don't know a particular place. But anyway, I'm digressing again. Well, let's just say I want to throw one thing out. If anyone knows my old friend down there, one of my friends I did a lot of sailing with, (laughs) Carl and his wife Bettina Mm -hmm. in Sydney, Mm -hmm. drop us an Instagram message on Kimberly's Italy. You're asking them to? Yes. You can just get in touch with him directly. No, let's just see how small the world is. Okay. All right. Good point. I'd Well, speaking of big listeners, I'd also like to thank the Italians that listen to our podcast every single week. And a lot of them might be the people I work with, you know, private drivers and chefs, boat owners, restaurant or hotel managers, etc. But we can see from the analytics that people are listening in little random villages that I have never even been to. So I find that this awesome Therefore, uh, grazie mille tutti in Italia. And finally, we appreciate all the listeners who have hired me to plan their trips. And from the months-long process of planning those trips, I get to know them from their phone calls and the endless emails that we exchange. And the absolute best part is when they send me photos from Italy while they're on their vacation and I share each one. I, I show Tommaso every time. Look at this one. Look at them. And it makes me so happy to see their expressions in the photos. You know, that pure joy type of look that comes through when you're on like the best vacation. I really, really love getting those pictures. So thank you very much. I'd also like to talk about the fact that it took months to convince you during COVID to record this podcast. I mean, I don't know. We've been through this before, I just, and that's I'd because... Like, I'd like to reiterate. Just, Any, a, just a minute. Let me get my two cents in. I dislike my voice completely, so there was no way I wanted to do a podcast, and that was just that. That was it. Well, you know, starting a podcast is easy, but keeping it going is a totally different matter, and we sort of lucked out in the fact that we had covid We had nothing else to do but stare at one another in the living room over a glass (laughs) of wine or a scotch. Pod fade, which is an industry term, is really really relevant. And 50% of all podcasts never make it past three episodes because you think you're going to hit it big all of a sudden. In three episodes? In three episodes. We're at 92. I know, I know, I know. We're in the top 7% of all podcasts, 5% of all podcasts in the world. Incredible. Right? But another 30% of all podcasts don't make it past the seventh episode. You know, it takes a lot to keep this thing going. And I 
commend you for coming up with all these lies that you tell people week in and week out. What? <laughs> that was the worst joke ever. <laughs> Jeez. I thought it was pretty good. No. Okay. Anyway. No, but I kept, I'm ridiculously honest. But, you know that. But I commend you, La Capa, for coming up with Congrats. this content week after week after week. And it's fun. We have a good time yes, doing it. I do. think that comes through. But we had nothing else to do. And I think when we look back on COVID someday, we'll think, well, we at least it gave us the opportunity to start the podcast because we had something else going on. We may have not been able to continue. And it takes a long time. You know, I think the podcast sounds pretty good right now. It didn't sound as good at the beginning. No, it didn't. I've listened to the beginning episodes. Oops. Yeah. Well, you know, it's live and learn, right? And exactly. now it sounds good. It's. I think it sounds as close to as good as we're going to get it. I could make it better, but I don't want to go for the splitting hairs. But I think it sounds professional. I think it sounds clear to people. And I think that's one of the big things why podcasts fail, because people don't put the effort in to make it sound good. As much as you sometimes... I pull my hair out when you come in with these little nitpicks about take that out or take this out after I give you the episode to give a final edit, final edit, (laughs) but it's worked out. So it has, you've done an excellent job. Thank you. All right. Now, may I carry on with the fact that the timing of our two year anniversary of this episode somewhat coincided with a dinner party we planned for the friends from that Kitten Club number two trip in November of 2021. One of the goals of the evening was to look at all the photos I took from that trip and we streamed them from my iPad or phone to our very large TV, which funny enough, basically is is the only thing we use that TV for, photos and movies and, you know, during COVID, the YouTube videos of how to live on a sailboat. (laughs) But I have to admit... We're on plan B now. (laughs) I have to admit that when all the gang from the Kitten Club showed up and we started looking at the photos, we didn't even make it through Matera. We started in the trip in Puglia, so we got through all those photos, and then we got to Matera and we had to stop so that we could have dinner because I just take... Troppo foti. Way too many photos. You overtake. Yes, I do. Regardless. For this (laughs) dinner, Tommaso decided to make homemade ravioli stuffed with spinach and ricotta. And before he tells you this recipe and or how he makes it, I just want to restate that we are not professional chefs by any mean, nor are we food bloggers slash food photographers. And I have to admit that I was a much better fashion photographer than I am a food photographer. There's always room for improvement, but we are just normal people that love the Italian cuisine. And Tommaso and I actually pride ourselves on the very tasty pasta sauces we make with most of those recipes coming from all my Italian friends and neighbors. However, the handmade ravioli is somewhat new to Tommaso. And I think it was like your fourth or fifth time ever making it. And I have to say that as tasty as it was last weekend with the Kitten Club, it took him hours to make it for only seven of us. He was exhausted. His back hurt. (laughs) He was 
kind of crabby at the end. <laughs> was crabby. And can I share Give with you scotch, guys? Please. Can I share with you guys the kitchen when he was done was like a shit show. <laughs> okay, seriously. And I was like, I'll clean up for you because that was a heroic effort. <laughs> and all we could think about when you finally finished, or I was thinking of it as you went along, but I didn't say anything. All we could think about very, was, very smart of you. Yes, I know. Was how our friend Paolo, the chef from Tuscany, he was here exactly a year ago, and he also made ravioli with spinach and ricotta, but for 16 of our friends at another friend's house. He was so casual. He was chatting to everybody. Those of us that were there early, you know, he's like, oh, and then you do this and you do this. Oh, and it was- he was just like having a conversation over a cappuccino and it was his was flawless and he didn't struggle there wasn't a huge mess anything and i just thought well you know what he's italian he was born in italy and they have a clear advantage over us wannabe italians yes and i want to say this this was my second time for the kitten club making ravioli i made it once after paolo left Second. Wasn't the fourth or fifth? Oh, that's it? Was, it? it was the second. Wow. Yes. Okay. Because Sorry. I oh, you make homemade pasta like linguine and... And fettuccine okay. and bolognese okay. sauce, but yes. not ravioli. Oh, right. okay. So I'll right. cut you some slack I wouldn't now. put myself through that <laughs> again. No, I will. I love it. It really was good. All right. One more thing before Tommaso shares the recipe. Let me just tell you what all the other kittens made for this dinner. Rosanna went to an Italian butcher cheese shop in Newport that is very, very good. And she arrived with this massive array of prosciutto with, it looked, I don't eat it, but it looked to me like two different cured versions. Yes. Correct? It was great. And I'm so happy she brought it because the meat fix had to be taken that Yes. Day. Well, again, it was very large and that prosciutto was gone pretty quick. That surprised me. And that it also had some Italian cheeses on it. And I bought Tarali, that little aperitivo snack from Puglia that we've spoken about. And naturally, we all drank Aperol spritzes during our little aperitivo hour. Then we had the ravioli. And for dessert, Ninetta made a tiramisu that was divine. She's done it before and she is a pro. And Livia also made a dessert and this one was an Italian custard with an Aperol blood orange topping. Delicioso. Unbelievable. I put a photo of it on Instagram today if you want to get a visual of what it looks like. And I have to be perfectly honest here. I was the only one that finished. It, they were served in these little glass, like a Petri dish thing. It was cute. <laughs> Experiment. <laughs> right. I was the only one that finished that entire dessert because I didn't have any prosciutto. I didn't have any bread. And I'm not normally a dessert fan, but something about this dessert, I just ate the whole thing. But after ravioli and... Aperol spritz and wine. Oh my God. Was it delicious? See. Was it a fun evening? See. And did I totally, totally overdo it by finishing that Aperol dessert after a bite of tiramisu? Purtroppo, see. 
that means. Unfortunately, yes. I totally, totally overdid it. What is the Italian word for food coma? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but we'll make it up. Yes, I was in a food coma. Not that night, the next day. Remember, I couldn't eat. We went to visit my parents. I could not eat anything. I ate like the following Monday. Anyway, basta. Allora, Tommaso, share the ravioli love with all of our listeners. Okay, so spinach and ricotta ravioli. It is wonderful. If you're a meat lover, you can make meat ravioli, mushroom ravioli. You can stuff anything between two pieces of pasta and it's going to taste great. But spinach and ricotta ravioli for me is really, really good. And I think it comes down to the fact that I sat there with Paolo when we had three pastas in one day, 24 hours, <laughs> making it. And then that evening at the dinner party, watching him make it again. So it's got a little place in my heart. <laughs> but making it from scratch and making the pasta dough from scratch. I think making the pasta dough from scratch is sort of like this, um, what do you, it's sort of like a... a cathartic. Cathartic, metaphysical, you're sort of just watching stuff happen between eggs and flour and a little salt and a little olive oil. And then when you lay it all out, you start rolling it, rolling it, rolling it. It becomes really nice to see those, that mass, that, that ball turn into this really nice mm-hmm. flat stuff mm-hmm. because you know how it's good, how good it's going to taste in the future. Right. Starting with the mess I made in the kitchen, <laughs> because I haven't heard this before this episode. What she, do you mean? She, you just said, I'll clean up. <laughs> Because I never I felt sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone. It's like someone just threw a five-pound bag of flour into the kitchen, and blew it all over the place. Anyway, um, you start out basically with ricotta cheese, spinach, some parmesan, and get that together. Now, nutmeg, and little, little nutmeg. Huck, excuse me. Thank you. <laughs> You're a sous chef here, baby. <laughs> anyway, one thing I will say. The, the episode will be posted on the website. You can see it. There'll be a link in the show notes. But one thing I will say is there are a couple different ways to make this. And this is the one I find that I've tried twice. And I say make this by the pasta itself. If you are making handmade pasta and you need a machine like me, you don't have a rolling pin and can sit there and sort of have a micrometer in your eyeballs to tell you actual how thick it is. You can go all the way to the fourth slot on your machine as you roll through and not go to the last one, which ends up a little bit thicker on the pasta, or you can go to the fifth one, which ends up with a little bit thinner. And you did point that out. I think thinner is better. You taste more of the filling and less of the dough. So uh, that's my preference. Thinner, the better. Again, it goes back to like supermodels. Pasta is a supermodel. They're all good. (laughs) They're all good. I get it. I get it. (laughs) So- the basically you make your pasta, you can see the recipe, a couple of cups of flour, a couple of eggs, a little salt, roll it out, knead it, get it rolling and, har, then, har. <laughs> and then put it in the refrigerator, wrap it up in a piece of saran wrap and put it in the refrigerator for half an hour or so to let it, all that stuff go down. But you've got to really knead it to break down the gluten in the flour and it'll all form in a nice, nice ball. You can make the filling, the ricotta cheese filling, the day before if you'd like, and put it in the refrigerator and let it sit. Now, one of the things that you really have to do when you make this ricotta filling, you'll see in the in the um, 
in the recipe is you can either cook fresh spinach or you can buy no, frozen spinach. No, you can't. Okay. Don't well. even throw that out there. You buy fresh spinach, you flash <laughs> boil it. Come La, on, be, be Italian. Yeah. Okay. okay. Anyway. Don't even put that on the website. When you make the spinach, which I find incredibly <laughs> tedious. Yes, that part picking. I did that for you. You did. You pick off the um, stems and throw away any leaf that's not perfectly yes. green and yes. fresh. That was, um, yeah, a long time. Anyhow, when you cook that spinach and then when you go to drain it, you drain it once. And I did it in this little wire mesh colander we have, not the big one, but the little one. And I shook it a few times and then I drained it again and let it drain and I shook it again. And then I put my hand in it and pressed down so that all the water get out. And I let it sit there for probably 30 minutes. So all the water got out. And that's, I think, very, very important. Molto importante. Because when you're mixing the ricotta cheese in with it, Mm -hmm. it's going to get a little bit more soupy. And then you add some Parmesan, which also is in the recipe, but that sort of solidifies it a little bit. So you Mm -hmm. want to make sure that it's really almost dry when you chop it up and put it into this ricotta cheese. And don't forget a little bit of nutmeg. You know, nutmeg's an odd thing because nutmeg, who would have thought about nutmeg in this? And also nutmeg goes into Tommaso's favorite sauce. Bolognese. See? Hmm. Who knew? Who knew? I never thought of nutmeg as being an Italian spice. I thought of it. I think of Christmas when I hear of nutmeg. <laughs> right. Let's just say you've started out, you've got your pasta rolled out, and you can look at numerous YouTube videos on people making these and other ravioli recipes on YouTube. That's just like what I did again to refresh my memory from Paolo. But you roll your pasta out, put one sheet down, and then you place your topping in little in a like a little grid form and then put another sheet on top of it. But before you put that sheet on top of it, you take this little paintbrush or pastry brush and make sure you run a little water, a little light water between all the potential squares before you cut it. Then when you press them down, it's going to adhere much better because you don't want your pasta to be splitting when you're cooking it. That would be a Faux pas, right. like none other. Right. And so, I, can I just throw in that Tommaso used a very nice watercolor brush um, instead of a pastry brush? I did. Just we, saying. I did. I, I know. Did. It was brand new. Don't worry. We didn't eat like, you know, a cerulean blue <laughs> watercolor. Cadmium right. yellow. Right. Um, but anyway, when you lay them down, you'll see on these videos, you press them down a little bit, and make sure that all the inner alleyways, I'll call them, between the ravioli and the external alleyways are locked down, pressed down. I actually used a um, a wooden spoon, the round handle of a wooden spoon to go in between them to make sure they were nice and tight. And then you cut them. You cut down the center and cut the sides off. With the little ripple-ended pasta cutter? Yes, your little ripple-ended pasta cutter. Right. And that can look very, very nice. Or you can go out and buy one of these ravioli molds, which I actually may do. They're priced from like 16 bucks to the Williams-Sonoma version, which is like $140. For $140, I want them to make the pasta for me. (laughs) What is the mold made out of? Stainless? It's a a metal or plastic, and you put five and five, put the pasta sheet on there. Okay, the plastic thing is a no, just like the frozen spinach, okay? We're drawing some parameters here to be real Italian. That's, nope. I guess no that's, pasta molds. That's, that's why you're buying the Williams-Sonoma one for a hundred exactly. and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you lay that out, get them all, 
set and then put them on. It says some of the recipes say put them on a, a, a floured plate. I didn't use a floured plate. We had a baking pan, a baking dish. What do you, what do you call those large flat baking plants? Baking dish? Baking pan. I a don't pan. Know. Right? I'm not a baker. <laughs> a baking a baking sheet. And I put down a piece of- Sheet, sheet, sheet. that's it. I put down a piece of parchment <laughs> and then put some semolina flour on it. One of the things you like to do is instead of using the really white flour, use a semolina flour. It's a little bit rougher- you don't have to use as much. And also it doesn't absorb quickly into the pasta and dry it out. That's what I think. Did you make that up? Or is this like real Italian? This is real Italian. Okay. Well, okay. Man, eh? So anyway, you get them down, you put them in there, you get them all on your cooking sheet and your first 10 and your first 20. I guess the average serving is probably between like six and eight of these ravioli per Depends person. Depends on the size. Yeah. Sometimes they're large and you have three. That's it. And yours were like a medium size and we each had six. I could have had 12, but that's yeah, okay. Well. <laughs> anyway, you put them then in the refrigerator. Let them sit there for 15, 20 minutes so that the pasta sort of fuses, the ends fuse together around. So when you boil them, they don't break and you get filling all over the place. Then you cook them in a low pan, like a huge frying pan filled with water as opposed to a big bubbling, how you would cook deep, a- Not a deep pan. Not a deep pan. And um, make sure you salt the water. Very still very important to salt the water. But for the sauce, we had a butter, garlic, olive oil, and white wine sauce. Semplice. Very, yes. very simple. Yes. And then we took five or six ravioli, put them in the sauce, mixed them around, put them in the bowl- not with all the sauce, and then put the next batch in and the next batch in. Correct. And people started eating very quickly. Yes, we serve and said, manja, eat right away because it is meant, ravioli is meant to be eaten immediately. They didn't wait because we were serving and dealing with the mess. So anyway, the recipe is on the website, a couple of pictures of it all. Um, Give there will be a link in the show notes on the podcast platform, correct? Yes, correct. Be a okay. link in the show notes to the recipe. But, you know, try it out with your partner or your or best friend. Or by yourself or your dog. No, by yourself. Yes. <laughs> don't tell anyone you're doing it. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you really hit it, then you don't have to share. <laughs> Just <laughs> Yeah, it's worth it. It's fun. I mean, I don't like making the pasta myself and Tommaso... Started that on his own a couple of years ago. He bought the pasta machine. I was secretly going, yes, like, oh, thank goodness he's doing it. Because again, I'm not a baker. I just, I like to spend time making a sauce or something else. I'm not that type of person that wants to spend all those hours. She actually loves to spend the time cleaning up after me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it all comes down to the amount of hours spent standing there doing it, making it and cleaning as you go. That's not my favorite. I prefer sauces and whatever. We make a good couple, at least let's say that in terms of in the kitchen. We're still together. <laughs> it's been a lot of shit shows in the kitchen over the past 20 something years. That's for sure. Oh, Dio mio. All right. So anything else we would like to say? Yes. I've sent out numerous invitations on Facebook to people that listen to the podcast to follow our page. As we go along down the road here, we're going to be do some, doing some new things. We'd like you to be the first to hear about them. So either please follow us on Facebook or Instagram, and I will put those two links 
in the show notes also. Everything's the same. Kimberly's Italy. Yeah, but still, a link is easier when you're on your phone. I mean... Okay. Okay. Over to you, Kappa. Um, uh, Finalmente. We would just like to say a huge thank you to everyone in all 127 countries. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing the love, telling your friends, and for all the comments that you send to us and responses, emails, Instagram messages. They do not go unnoticed. It makes all of this very worthwhile. Grazie mille. Grazie mille, and to all of you down in Woolamaruaranga, wherever you are, <laughs> ciao, ciao. Love you all down under. Bye-bye. <laughs> ciao, ciao.